Come on. Hello, dear listener. Before we get into today's show, quick ask. If you find value in today's show or you've gotten value out of a previous show, please leave us a quick five-star review. Be super grateful. Thanks a lot. Welcome to Money Savage, Savage Approach Personal Finance. This is George Grabacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Sean O'Toole. Sean, are you ready to do this? 100%. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you bet. Sean is the founder and CEO of PropertyRadar.com, an organization bringing greater transparency and stability to the real estate marketplace. I'm excited to have you on. Sean, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Yeah, um, well, I started in Silicon Valley, uh, three startups, and uh, sold my stock in uh, 99 and jumped into the uh, real estate market until 2006 and again exited before the housing crash and started a company called Foreclosure Radar which tracked all the foreclosures and was kind of in the right place at the right time for the uh, foreclosure crisis and uh, after that started to slow down we uh, became Property Radar and we help uh, small businesses uh, reach their best potential customers. Nice. There's a lot to be said for being in the right place at the right time, Sean. (laughs) <laughs> no doubt. I've had a pretty good string there. Nice. Well, I certainly appreciate that. So, yeah, and 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 all all that being said, and kind of all kidding aside, certainly, you, um, what 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 was that that attracted you to real estate after leaving Silicon Valley? Well, for me, um, you know, kind of being a, a little bit of a self-taught student of economics, right? I just saw that there was a lot of stimulus going into housing and it seemed obvious to me that uh you know the fed and other powers are going to be or the powers that be uh, we're going to use real estate to kind of try to restart the economy so i felt that was a good place uh good place to be and you know i i met a guy who was also a uh, foreclosure expert and uh you know i think we've all had that interest in like oh man should i buy foreclosures and um you know so so that was uh, enticing as well yeah. So, so just reading the tea leaves, getting into it, and meeting this person, and then you saw—I'm assuming—what you expected start to happen, and then obviously the world explodes, and you were, for lack of a better term, perfectly positioned. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, you know, it was a great, uh, great time to be uh, flipping real estate. You know, kind of 2000 to end of 2005, 2006 timeframe, and uh, you know, did 160 uh, properties. Um, you know, before I, I did it, um, I, I reviewed uh, my, you know, this guy who taught me the business, a bunch of his deals, and he had an 80% return on capital, including the time his money sat in the bank. Wow. I didn't do quite as well. I managed a 55% uh, return over my run, but, uh, you know, it was obviously a good business. Yeah. Fair enough. And what was the motivator to make the shift from foreclosure radar to then property radar? Well, again, you know, the in 2009, kind of the world shift shifted um, on the foreclosure front, right? Like I, I think regulators, et cetera, finally saw that, you can't just 
foreclose on all these houses, have the banks take them back, and then force them to sell them at any price. And so there was a pretty big regulatory shift from getting rid of, quote unquote, bad assets as fast as you can to keeping homeowners in their homes. And uh, seeing that shift, uh, I knew that we needed to expand our business beyond foreclosures, saw a huge opportunity in public records and making those available to small business, big businesses, using them forever, and uh, making that more accessible to small businesses to help them grow their business. Got it. So, fair enough. And how, how, how has the process gone? Has it gone as you expected it? Yeah, um, we've, you know, we started off just uh, in California, we started expanding. um, And then we kind of slowed that down to, to really get the product right. And uh, we're launching uh, nationally uh, now just in the uh, coming weeks. And so excited to get that out to a lot more people. But I've had a lot of success with uh, our customers here in California. I think public records is this huge untapped resource that lets you know every customer by name and, you know, really target those ones that are the best fit for your product. Got it. Okay. So walk me through an example of maybe a perfect user for this tool. Yeah. So, uh, you know, our, because we started off in the real estate space, right? Those are real estate realtors, real estate investors, mortgage, home services companies, you know, so maybe I'm a a solar company and I want to target folks who have some equity or maybe a pool company have some equity, have a you know property with enough space, uh, large enough roof, et cetera. And um, I make a list of those companies using over 200 criteria, maybe everything from how old they are to the type of home, et cetera, or property um, can be commercial as well. And then I can use that in, uh, you know, online ads, uh, email marketing, uh, call campaigns, uh, even door knocking. So lots of different ways to reach folks once you kind of create that ideal list of, of customers. And it's really about, you know, we've had this huge thing happening where Zillow and Amazon Home Services and all these large companies are coming in and sticking themselves in between small businesses and their customers. And we really see this as a way for small businesses to go back out, reach out to those customers directly so not to rely on these big companies for leads. Well, I think that's, a, that, that's an excellent way to look at it. And I'm, I'm sure certainly people are grateful for that. Um, all right. So is there a term for real estate technology? I know FinTech is, is obviously financial <laughs> technology. Or maybe yeah, maybe it falls uh, under fintech. Yeah, no, it's been uh, dubbed prop tech. You know, prop it's tech. a pretty hot space these days, for sure. Okay, so prop tech, and is what makes you because everybody has access to these public records. So is it that that Google has just has has more resources so they can harness it, and 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 now you figured out how to do it as well. I think the the big thing is, right, like so if uh, you take out a home equity line of credit on your house, right, Home Depot picks up on that and they start marketing to you because they know you're likely to spend some of that money improving your house. But your local hardware store, your local lumber store, you know, isn't doing that, right, that those tools have never really been accessible to them. 
and uh, the big public records data providers. Public records data is free, but it's very hard to access, right? Going and working with these government entities like a county recorder, a county tax assessor, and getting access to the data is very difficult and time-consuming. And so we've just done all that hard work for these small local businesses so that they can, you know, start to compete with these larger players. Got it. Well, fair enough. All right. Well, obviously, I see a million different uses for that. And as you are, obviously, you I guess you 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 did a test run or sort of a, figured out the, the market in California, which is massive. And now you're, you're taking it all over the country. Is every state or, or how and I appreciate how cumbersome it must be to actually gain access? Who 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 controls that information? Is it municipalities, cities, states? Yeah, it's largely the uh, counties or county equivalent entities. There's 3,142 of them around yeah. the uh, U.S. or 44, depending on how you count. But um, and uh, yeah, and, and typically you need, in order to do it right, you really need access from the the tax assessor's office. That's where you get the beds and bass and square footage and who the owner is. Uh, then you need the county recorder, which is where you get the sales and mortgage information and all of that. And then usually the GIS department, which is where you get the the boundaries of the property. And we pull in other data as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, it's quite a bit of uh, data gathering for sure. And also county court records. Got it. Nice. All right. And and so how many different ways am I able to, to, to search? It's square feet. It's... Yeah, 200 criteria that we currently have and we're adding more all the time. Um, so that piece can be a little overwhelming for new users. And we always recommend that they uh, get on the phone with one of our folks and kind of help walk, walk them through it. And we have a lot of quick lists, you know, for common uh, use cases because, you know, really everything from a person's age to uh, how long they've lived in the home, how much equity they have, who their lender is. Um, all kinds of details about the house from uh, square footage to construction type. Um, there's quite a bit of information available. It does vary a little bit from county to county, right? Different counties track different things. Yeah. Well, it certainly doesn't surprise me. So, okay. So, wow, that's, that is a, a lot of information and lots of different ways to search. Um, do you see, um, well, and this is—I I don't need to totally shift gears on you—but that you keep an—you you keep a pretty close eye on on the the housing market, the real estate market. Um, I think that you mentioned that this also works on commercial properties. Yeah. How 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 has that marketplace been? We're having this conversation on August the thirty-first. How how is that marketplace being affected by what's going on? Well, you know, it's, it's pretty clear there's going to be some uh, dislocation, right? I don't think anybody questions that. Uh, we're seeing a lot of uh, companies go remote, but we also still see, you know, uh, something like 50% of folks say they can't wait to get back to the yeah. office, right? A lot of folks want to escape the house too, right? So we're seeing both this huge surge in work from home and we're also seeing people miss the office. I don't think office is going away. Um, you know, lodging has been hit temporarily. I think some of these things are more likely to create some short-term uh, dislocations and um, and really some opportunities, right? So, um, you know, as these things shift and uh, people shift their investment focus, uh, you know, I think there'll be some opportunities to reimagine some space 
that maybe has been uh, poorly used or can be better used. Um, but, you know, the U.S. is a strong and growing economy, and I don't think uh, I don't think there's disaster ahead at all. Yeah, fair enough. What do you think that, that we should be doing with uh, shopping malls as they're closing down? You know, the thing about shopping malls is that some of the best real estate in the United States, right? Centrally located, lots of parking, lots of space. Sure. Um, there's so many ways they can be reimagined, you know. Uh, you know, I think uh, community, uh, um, you know, mixed use developments, I think, are pretty exciting for uh, shopping malls. Amazon has talked about wanting to use some of that as distribution space because there's a lack of a good warehouse distribution space. And some of those buildings are pretty big. So there's possibilities there. Um, I'd like to see them, though. You know, a lot of times they have uh, – you know, food courts and some of them are very nice. And, you know, I think they could become, you know, residential mixed use with a combination of residential commercial. Um, you know, I think they have a lot of value there. Yeah. Yeah. It's fascinating to, to try and just figure out and read, read the tea leaves on, on, on how the, all, all that's going to work out. Um, so are, what are your thoughts then if you, if you feel like, um, and you think that the commercial market's maybe not going to be hit quite as hard as maybe people are thinking. What about the residential market? Yeah, the residential market's actually uh, surprised me. And, and you know, it, again, all real estate really is local, right? So you kind of need to look at the local trends as well. But, you know, big picture, right, we're seeing some move. Uh, you know, I call it the re-realization of America, right, um, where people can now – if they can work from home, they can be in maybe the place they want to live that has the activities that they like and and the outdoor amenities and the rest. And uh, I live in Tahoe, and Tahoe is absolutely booming. I think we'll see a doubling in, in the number of full-time residents uh, here um, as a result. But, you know, people also enjoy cities. And I think as the coronavirus is dealt with, I think we'll see a, a lot of people go, wow. You know, maybe there was a little decline in price and maybe I can afford to live in a city and I like that lifestyle. And uh, so I don't think it'll be all one or the other. I think it is local. And, um, you know, in a lot, many parts of California, we've been underbuilding uh, incredibly. So I think that limited supply is, is going to be very bullish here. And, um, you know, in those areas where there hasn't been uh, overbuilding for sure, I, I don't think that it's going to take too hard of a hit. Yeah. Not that households aren't – a lot of households are hurt, right, especially at the lower incomes. Right? Um, uh, definitely a pretty major uh, shock to income uh, for a lot of folks, and I think uh, housing is going to be a struggle for a lot of families for a while. Yeah, well, I certainly echo that sentiment. So you, you live in California. No no, no plans to, uh, to, to jump ship, Sean? <laughs> Escape, yeah. Uh, this is a hot debate uh, with my friends, especially with the, uh, some of the talk about even raising taxes further as we're yeah. already uh, number one. Uh, you know, I, I'm a, uh, I was born and raised in California. Uh, love the fact that I can surf or snow ski or surf and water ski or whatever, uh, you know, all in the same day. It's a pretty amazing place uh, from uh, in terms of its geography. Um you know, and I think that's part of how they can get away with having the highest taxes in the nation. It's just what a what an incredible place that it is overall. Um, so, you know, uh, despite its tax policy, it continues to uh, outperform most economies in the U.S. Kind of right uh, 
Uh, Texas is also doing well. Um, but, uh, you know, and it's one of the faster growing economies in the world, if you think about it as a country. So it's got its challenges for sure, but I'm still fairly bullish on it. Yeah, fair enough. Well, I'm excited to see the the exciting progress out of Property Radar. As as you've been working with it and as you've been watching people to uh, people use it, are, are, are there areas or applications that you're surprised people are not using it more for or do you see it um, doing something more that, than, 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 than it's already doing? You know, I'm really surprised with, you know, because our name is Property Radar and we really are focused on the, the you know, uh, the, those property centric businesses like realtors, real estate investors, mortgage, home services, solar construction, et cetera. How many folks outside of those industries use this, like the coffee shop that sends everybody mm. new that moves into their neighborhood a postcard to come down for a free coffee or the nonprofit that reaches out to high net worth individuals to, you know, grow their local roster of, of donors. So, um, yeah, more surprised by just all the ways that it's being, uh, being used that we didn't even really attend. Yeah. I believe it. I think I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's going to keep expanding. So love it. Well, Sean, Savage Nation is ready for your difference making tip. What do you have for them? I think all opportunity comes from change. You know, whether that change is good or bad, right? The internet was good change, COVID, bad change, hurricanes, <laughs> bad change, e-commerce, goods, self-driving cars, et cetera, right? And I think most people see change as a threat rather than an opportunity. And I think you have to flip that mindset to be successful. Um, whenever this change, whenever change comes, look for the opportunity and you'll do well. Like that is great stuff that definitely gets, come on. Come on. Sean, thank you so much for coming on the show. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you and where can they learn more about Property Radar? Yeah, so uh, propertyradar.com is our website. There's an about me there. Um, I'm also on uh, LinkedIn and Twitter and Facebook, as is the company. So I'd love to hear from you. Excellent. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Sean your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to propertyradar.com and check out the incredible tool that they've built. Go to LinkedIn, go to Twitter, go to Facebook, and I will link list all of those in the notes of the show. Thanks again, Sean. Thank you. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. Spending too much time on social? Is your daily screen time over two hours? Are you a little bit overweight? Not saving enough money? Any or all of these are familiar. Strive could be for you. The Strive two-week online boot camp will help you to detox your mind, body, and money, getting you on your way to a happier, healthier, wealthier, and more confident life. Go to strivedetox.com, S-T-R-I-V-E-D-E-T-O-X.com, and get your mind, body, and money right.